Daf Zayin Zayin. We started the bottom of Ayin Vav and Mishpat. Um, we had left off, from what I understand, from Avi, at the two dots, about ten lines from the bottom, we're explaining the whole uh, Mishnah here about um, which is uh, at what stage you do uh, you check for Yichus. But I do have to just say one important thing because yesterday's staff was so important about halacha about gerim. Yesterday's staff we dealt with this whole question about putting a, a ger in a position of authority. Some tasim alecha so from amongst your brethren, the Gemara understands excludes a ger, similar to the law that like a president has to be a naturally born citizen. Um, interesting machlokas whether that means born in the United States seems at the Supreme Court that effectively the plaque has been no, but naturally born what? Anyway, all right, something things that we have found out during the election year. Anyway, naturally born citizen. Um, okay, you understand that for like the leader of a country, but the Gemara's drasha is that also applies for any positions of authority. So there's some interesting things to mention here. Uh, I guess, number one, I'll just mention as a humorous way of, uh, of, of beginning this, you know, the Rambam says that the same thing is true about women. He has a drasha, which is from a lost Midrash Halacha, which eventually we found, which is Melech Malka, which is, of course, funny, because we've had queens. But okay, anyway, and then he says, and then he says so that leads to this whole co- contemporary discourse about women and Sarara. Um, so there was an interesting uh, story uh, like a few years ago where the uh, young Israel sent out a letter to all the young Israel shows but it was about something else but in passing they were saying you know we've always upheld like the standards of uh, tradition you know for example the fact that we are position that we're not allowed to have uh, women or converts as a president of the synagogue so uh, people read this and they were like appalled. They had never realized that this was the law, that this was the rule for young Israel synagogue. But the reaction was, what? You can't have converts as president of synagogue? Like everybody took for granted that women, you could. <laughs> they were only upset about the converts lie. Anyway, but the women thing is a Rambam thing. Um, the Gemara, you know, here talks about, about converts. Um, and um, interesting questions have to do with, first of all, what's the scope of that halacha? That, you know, what's considered a position of authority? So there's another great Akuva uh, Rav Moshe of Feinstein, where somebody asked him whether a ger can be a Rosh Yeshiva. So Rav Moshe Feinstein starts, it's such a wonderful show, he starts by saying, on the one hand, we have the Gemara that says a ger can't be in a position of authority. On the other hand, he says, we have a mitzvah, a havas a ger. And he says the mitzvah to love the ger, and you know, mishparechad yelachem magel lezrachah have one law, and here it's not the same law, here there's a distinction. Rav Moshe says, that obligates us to minimize the scope of the halacha of srara as much as possible. He starts out just by saying that. Avas, ager, and whatever, that obligates us to understand that the scope of the isra of srara is as narrow as possible. So then he says, so therefore, and then he begins his kuva, and he basically says, yeah, you know, Rosh Yeshiva isn't a position of authority. <laughs> I never, never knew how to take that kuva exactly, because of the Rosh Yeshiva. But anyway, but his basic point is, is that positions that are ones that people, you know, accept upon themselves, they willfully choose to enter into an institution Institution, you know, or some type of an elected position, those are not the positions of authority that the Gemara is referring to. The Gemara is referring to a type of a something that has been imposed from above, not elected, not voluntarily participating in that type of an organization. So Rav Moshe does, you know, very much, tries as much as possible to, re- to limit this idea. Yes. I just would argue that too for the other way. If you really love somebody, why would you want to promote them to a position of leadership? There you go. Exactly. Okay, so, and the, the final thing I do want to say about this, which is also very important 
for our issues in terms uh, of the discussion of Yuchs. And actually, two things. One, very quickly, is you might notice that the Gemara at the bottom actually said that there was a debate that in Bavel they were maybe more, some people were more ready to have a gear in a position of authority, that maybe this was more an, an Eretz Yisrael type of an approach. And that's interesting. It's not like it was all black and white whether to assume that there is this problem by a gear or not. But the final point I want to make, which is directly relevant to us, is the issue about um, that the gear, that in that case, if you remember, the response back was, oh, Imomi uh, Yisrael have this guy really he could be in a position of authority because his mother was Jewish so of course the question is wait his mother is Jewish so why are you talk calling him a gear what does that mean to call him a gear if his mother is Jewish so it could be that his mother was Jewish and his father was a gear and if you'll remember, this issue of a gear identity, um, you know, can extend um, through generations, at least for the whole discussion of a gear and a mamzer. Remember the earlier Gemara, that that would even apply to a descendant of Gerim. So is the Gemara using the term gear to refer to a descendant of Gerim, even if the mother is Jewish? That's one possibility. But here's another radical possibility. Maybe the Gemara is talking about that the father is not Jewish. And maybe it's using the phrase ger, not in the literal sense of convert, but just in that sense of not a fully naturally born Yisrael. You know, so it uses ger, even the fact that there's some non-Jewish parentage going on there, like even though there's not really a sense of conversion. But that actually is a very interesting Gemara. And you might remember, I mentioned the other day, it's a very radical position, but there's one position in Rishonim that says that when you have the father is not Jewish and the mother is Jewish, the person actually needs conversion. We obviously don't poskin that way, right? We poskin that the lineal descent suffices. But it is interesting what the heck does the Gemara mean calling somebody a gear if the mother is Jewish. So, very interesting things um, that emerged from yesterday's Gemara. What? Yeah. Right. Same thing about a gear who's descendant of Gerim, right? You know, to what degree does that right, identity remain? I mean, now in the end, the Gemara would say that you wouldn't have any of the negatives if that were true, because you don't have the Isser of Messinus Shatamation. You'd have the Heter, you know, what do you call it, in terms of a Bimamzeret, right? Nobody ever says it's true in terms of the issue of Kohen Bigioret. We're going to see in a minute. That does not apply to like, well, we'll see in a minute, actually, that's the next Mishnah, about later generations. But yeah, I, right, you know, so anyway, disturbing questions here in the Gemara, very much re- related to the Yuchsin question about this issue, about uh, why are they calling this person whose mother is Jewish a gear? What are the implications and significance of that? I guess I'll end with another funny story, which is, um, you know, the Gemara says that in the end, the way they resolved it is that they had this uh, one person who was it, um, uh, uh, who was who, who the gear arguing with? Um, um, uh, Rav Bibi. So Rav Bibi got appointed to be in charge of the Mili Dishmaya, of like the religious responsibilities, you know, and, uh, and the gear got appointed to be involved in the uh, Mili Da'alma, right, the more mundane, secular uh, responsibilities. So uh, there's a Gemara that says something similar. It says that when it comes to like running the household, it says, you know, that the uh, wife should be in charge of all the Mili Dalma and the husband should be in charge of the Mili Dishmaya. So Rabbi Love said it, told a joke. He said, yeah, and I've been waiting for 20 years for my wife to tell me what's a Mili Dishmaya. So <laughs>
<coughs> all right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the Gemara says like this. Um, what? I'm glad I'm not the only one who doesn't know what it is. <laughs> well, it means, all right, whatever. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. It says like this. Reb Chanina ben Atignus. We pick up now about ten lines from the bottom. Reb Chanina ben Atignus. No, uh, so, no, yes, I believe, yes? I think we're Reb Yosef. All right, Reb Yosef Mishaya. You would not do any checking. Um, and anybody who was in the uh, the register of uh, of of uh, like the of, of, of signed uh, the, Gemara, the Mishnah says it would be Avni Shaya Eid Yeshana people that were witnesses in the courts in this uh, Rashi says Yeshana is the name of a, of a of a town okay Shosipori a town nearby near Tzipori um, so so although Rashi did not have the Girsa Eid Rashi actually had people that were registered as judges but whether it's witnesses or judges people who they would be certain would only be done by people that had yichos, that had good um, lineage. So the Gemara says, my time, that they're careful before they have people sign their, uh, you know, as witnesses, so anybody who has been signed, we can trust, has been, um, has been cleared in terms of their yichos. Rav Hanina ben says, the other people you don't have to check their yichos is, um, as he says, astratia shomelech. Somebody who's muhtab, somebody who's written in the king's, also the king's register, or what's the astratia? Let's take a look. Which king? Um, which king? So, Ah, we are talking about the troops of, the, of King David. The only people who could serve in the army were people of really good yichos. Um, you know, it actually used to be this way, right? Weren't there some places in where it was like, uh, I mean, there are some places in which the wealthy and the people of status pay, well, right, pay people off to serve in their place. But there are other places, right, where actually, because, you know, the nobility, right, were officers, exactly. And um, that was a, her- a hereditary position. But this okay. everybody, well, well, I don't know. We'll see in a minute if it's really talking about everybody. Okay. But yeah, but anyway, but right. It's a good way, it's a good way of getting out of uh, army service, but yes. I, mean, Rabbi, I saw a reference yesterday that said, in this case, it was the strongest or the best troops. Right, like, a, like an elite right. troops, not, not everyone. Just, right. Not just the run-of-the-mill exactly. uh, grunts. Right, some elite sense elite. of elite troops. And we'll, see, well, I don't know, but he's obviously bothered by the same question of how can you have a whole army run by just, you know, you know, just the elite. But let's take a look. Let's see where the Gemara... The Gemara is going to have to limit it also in a minute. Let's take a look. Amar of Yosef, Micro, what's the Pasuk? And there's the word Yichos, right? He, he, uh, well, with a sin, but yes. And he attributed, you know, he sort of, he uh, uh, affiliated them, or he gave them, the, the, identified their lineage in the army in the war. The time of mine, now why is that reason? Why would you want your troops to be of good lineage? In order that both their merit and the merit of their forefathers comes to their aid, right? So, uh, because, I, you know, if you're thinking about it, not just in terms about strategy and physical prowess, but God's assistance, of, you know, you want this. Of course, again, the funny int- point that how does the issues of yichus definitely necessarily mean that you had, your fathers had more zichus than somebody else's yeah, fathers who did have yichus, you know, like who did an aveira. Well, that's true. You don't want to have an aveira there. Okay. Vaika, um, and uh, the, how about the fact, wait a minute, you're telling me that the troops are only people from yichus? Listen to these people that are listed in the troops of King David and of King David's warriors. Selech Amoni, this guy from Amon. So my love to Asimiyama doesn't sound like he came from Amon. He wasn't like a Jewish Yichus. 
Well, no, no, no. That's where he dwelled. Vaika Uriahiti, remember Uriahiti? Okay, the Chitait. My love to Asim Mechait doesn't mean he came from the from from Chait. No, the Yafim Mechait. That's where he dwelled. Vaika Itai Hakiti from Gat. The Chitei Mahachinamid Yasi Begat means he dwelled in Gat, but he didn't descend from Gat. Zamar Rav Nachman Asi Itai Hakiti Ba Ubitla. Itai Hakiti came and he um, and he annulled um, the uh, you know the Avodazara um, of a certain place of the uh, of the Amonim. So presumably he would not have done that. I'm sorry. Oh no. So the point is, Rashi says. He was a w- uh, idol worshiper, and he came and he annulled the idol worship in this place. So he clearly uh, descends from God, and is not originally Jewish. Um, so the Gemara says, David had 400 children, although Rashi says it does not mean children, it means young men serving in his army. Um, and they were all descendant of, uh, descendants of women who were, women who were captured, uh, captured in battle. You know, Yifatoar. So, therefore, they were not of, you know, pure lineage. Um, and because of that, because they all had these uh, non-Jewish descent, they all had these, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> they cut their hair in ways, which is like, you know, uh, the ponytail coming down and a certain type of a haircut. We're supposed to do that. I know. Well, that's yeah, a separate that's conversation. That means they were raped. Uh, well, they're mothers, um, and that has to do, right, exactly. That has to do with how you understand that whole cat- category of Yafat Toar, but, uh, how, but yes, it's, uh, but, but all of these were of non-Jew, of descendants of non-Jewish women who were captured in battle, and they appeared in these ways, which is sort of more of a non-Jewish type of an appearance. Separate conversation why that's allowed. The Kulam Yoshin, the Kroniot Zahav, and they were all, so being these like golden, uh, you know, uh, wagons, and there you go, Michael. See, they would be the officers. They would lead them into war. And they were like the strong, uh, you know, uh, warriors of David's house. So you see that they were, here were the, the strong warriors, the elite, and they were not of pure descent. So the one says, no. The Azli Liva Use Alma. Those weren't um, the uh, they did not the way Rashi says it is, they didn't actually fight the battles, they just went to the battlefield to get everybody else afraid. But they were but the actual people who fought the battles, those were the people of good descent. Okay? Could have said the opposite. So these are the guys who send into battle, the officers are the ones of good descent. Anyway, the Gemara has some way of reconciling it, but obviously all of the uh, evidence from Tanakh is that they were not necessarily of pure Israel descent. All right, moving on. Let's start now with today's daf. I understand. What can I tell you? So, some type of register had people of Yichus. All right, we'll figure out what it is when Eliyahu comes. Mishnah, top of Einstein Okay, so now we're dealing with the whole halacha of halal and halala. So let me tell you the basic rule, okay? Here is, right, the Torah says, by Kohen, right, um, what is it? Um, what's the process? Okay, so we all know what a grusha is. So that doesn't have to be explained. What's a zonana halala? So let's start with a halala. Halala is defined two ways. Number one is a descendant of the isu- of some type of a union which is forbidden specifically to a kohen. So if you have a kohen and a grusha, or a kohen and a halala, or a kohen and a uh, zonah, 
the child is a halala, okay, or a halal. Okay, thank you. That's one. It's a descendant of a Kohen and one of the Isurim. A zona, for our purposes, is a descendant of a Isur that is not specifically uh, about a Kohen. It's another type of a of, of an, uh, an Isur Arayot. Okay, that could also be possibly a mom there. Anyway, but we'll get to a zona. We're going to start, start focusing with a Kalala. So one is a descendant of, uh, okay, of that. The other possibility is you take a halal and a halala, okay, and they basically have um, uh, sex with a, another person. So a halal has sex with some woman, okay, some Ba Israel, she's not a Kohen necessarily, okay, or a, or a halala, I guess we'll keep the men in the same position here, okay, so, or you just have a normal man, a normal man having sex with a with a halala, okay? So, in those cases, right, there, well, the question is, what would the child be? It's possible that no Isser was done, okay? The Isser is only for a male Kohen to have sex with a halala. So, in this case, first of all, there's no Isser because the man is the halal. The Isser is only for the male Kohen to have sex with the halal. In this case, if this was a Yisrael or a lazy, there would be no Isser was done. So one is a child of an of, of a act of sex that was forbidden. Okay, but here you have an act of sex that is not forbidden. But one of the participants was a halal. Will the child, will that status of halal pass down to the child? That is the question. Sort of like okay? on there. Well, that's the question. So let's take a look. And the other question would be, if it's in this case, will the status pass to the woman as well, who was involved in the act? Okay. Would she become a Kalala and now not be able to marry a Kohen? So let's take a look at the Mishnah, okay? So then we have something about, like, you know, did the, the, the women purify? That, we're going to get to that, yes. Okay, Bat Kalal, Zachar, Psulamina Kuhunali Olam. So the daughter, if there was a male Kalal with a woman, the child will be a Kalala, an Usr to Kuhuna, okay? Now, what does le'olam mean? So, le'olam means um, that as soon as you hit a, um, a, a girl, she becomes a, she becomes a halala. Okay? So, you have here a halal and a woman. Okay? They have a child. If that child is, let's say, a boy, okay, then he's a halal. Okay? He has another child, let's say it's a boy, he's a halal. But then you finally hit a, but it could be, it could be, it could be Yisrael. So a Yisrael being a halal means nothing. But what it means is it's sort of like a, uh, what is that? A, the latent, uh, car- like a, a carrier? Oh, it's like a be- Yeah, he's a halal carrier. Because these could all be Yisrael. So being a, so, um, you know, so, uh, so being a whatever. But finally you hit a girl and she's a, she's a halala, she's a surah to a kohen. So that's what it means, olam. Now, however, ironically, once it becomes, it is a girl, the next girl is not a halala. Okay? She's a shira. Okay? So it's very confusing. But all if right? you had a boy, he would be a halal? Um, no. It stops by the woman. So it's like, or shira. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. that's true. Okay? So, the first sort of daughter that descends from this, you know, or I mean, if there's multiple whatever daughters, okay, etc., but once it hits the girl, it doesn't pass on. It passes on to the boys, the girl becomes psula, and then it doesn't pass on. Only males are carriers and not women. Yeah, but then women don't pass it on either. 
Okay, so it's like ironic, right? The men pass it on, they don't get it, the women get it, but they don't pass it on. Okay, so that's the Mishnah, okay? Now, the first daughter is the last vestige of that status in that line. Right, exactly. Okay, so, now, why does the girl not pass it on? Because that's going to be the next part of the Mishnah. Yisrael Shinasa Chalala. Yisrael Shinasa Chalala Bitok Sheirah Lekuhuna. So when the woman is a chalala, the, ch- the, the child is okay. So if the mother is a chalala, it does not pass down to the child. It only passes down if the father is a chalal. So the father is a chalal, it passes down. Here's the father's a chalal, passes down. Father's a chalal, passes down. Then finally, the girl's a chalala. So when the girl is a chalala, it does not continue to pass down. But... When the girl is a chala, she does become forbidden to a kohen. Okay? That's so it only, it That's passes true. down when the father is a chala, but when the, chi- but when the child is a chala, then it ends. So then she's, a, okay? One of the reasons where we don't know if it was really a kohen, because, like, you know, maybe, you know, like, who's checking this these days? Uh, that's a separate question. Okay. So now the question says like this. Now. Um, not really repeats itself. The Quran is going to ask why it repeated itself. So, Halal, who marries about Yisrael, the child, is, the daughter is Psula. Okay, it goes down. If the father is a Halal, that's when it passes down to the daughter. Now we are getting back to this issue about a Ger. And to what degree does a Ger status pass down, which we mentioned before about a case of Imam Yisrael. So, Bat Ger Zachar, here you have it. A male Ger who has a child with a Yisraeli woman, kibat halal. It's like the daughter of a halal. It passes down through the male. The child is considered, has a giorit status to make her usher l'kuhuna. You, you hear this? A male ger has, has sex with a woman, is married to a Yisraeli woman. The child, the bat ger, is a giorit for halachos of kihuna, cannot marry a kohen. Okay? That's pretty radical, but that's consistent, like, similar to the Gemara we saw before, that you could call somebody whose mother was a Yisraeli, you could call somebody a ger. Presumably if their father was a ger. Okay? And if a coin married this person anyway. We halal. The child would be a halal. And, and the coin would have to, like, divorce this woman? Yes. Okay. Um, thank you. Rabbi Eliezer and Yaakov, no. Yisrael shenasa giyoret bitok sheira lekuna. The ger shenasa bat Yisrael bitok sheira lekuna. So he says no. The ger status for kohan for kohen purposes, like that might apply to mamzer purposes, other purposes. For kohen purposes, the ger status does not pass down if. In, to either generation, whether the whether the mother is a gear or the father is a gear, it does not pass down to the daughter. But there is one case where it does. Of a gear shenasa gioret The child of both a gear and a gioret, the child actually would be pasulakuna. So if one father, one parent is a gear. We'll see in the Gemara. If one parent is a gay, the status passes down. Now, by the way, this also, you know, the normal reason, I mean, why is a gay a gay or psula The normal reason is given is because of this zona category that a question about whether somebody was, like, you know, sexually active before they converted. Anyway, if that were true, it would obviously not be relevant to the child of Gairim, right? The idea that you apply it to a child of Gairim has much more to do with, like, an identity status than anything else. But where do you get that in the psukim? Okay, so here you have an opinion that if either, if one is, if uh, the father is a gear that passes down to the child,
child. There could be a gear status even with a mother being Jewish, like we saw before. And the other is no, no, no. If either parent is starts off as being you know born from birth Jewish, then the gear status does not pass down. The gear status would only pass down if both parents are gay. Yes, so it's the yes. same as the, as the halal case. In other words, both. According to the first opinion, it's the same as the halal case. One second. Both parents are gay. Mm-hmm. They have a daughter. She's a Giorit. According to this, yep. But then does it end? And if that daughter has a girl, that second girl is a Kshira? It, if her husband was a Yisrael. If her husband was a Gir, then not. According right, to this. Right. Okay, so the Gemara says. Um, Okay, so as long until here's again that phrase Imam Yisrael that uh, until the mother is is is, uh, is Jewish from birth, the gear status will pass down. Okay, now that is it should have said well, but a besides that it said it already, it should have said Imo O Aviv because we just said either one suffices, so it's a little bit not con- not consistent with what it said before. Rabbi Yosi says it doesn't pass down at all. The child of a ger negiores, the child is okay. It is not a status that passed down under any circumstance. It is only about the first generation ger. Okay, so very interesting in terms of both the halal definition and the ger definition. The one thing we have not yet begun is the zona definition, but we'll see that in the Gemara. Let's take a look at the Gemara. My olam. What does it mean that the child is always a halal? Maybe it should be like a mitzvah and domi. There, after the third generation, the status is lost. Maybe if you had, you know, halal, 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 until you hit a girl, maybe the halal status would finally just go away. I don't know, because it's a reasonable question, right? Are you going to be stuck with this label your whole life? Anyway, so kamash malan, not that way. Fine. Yisrael shenasek halala. Now, Yisrael married. Now we're going to get to the difference. Right, the child of a, of the child of a. So this is a halal and a woman. It is. It, it goes down. But a man who's a halal and a, a, a halala. Now the reason it's a Yisrael, not a kohen, is because it was a kohen marrying a halala. You know why the child would be a halal? Because of, of a child of the Isra right. union. Not because of the halala status. Right, so all of these are not forbidden acts of sex. It's just a pure question of whether the status passes down. So that's why it's Yisrael. If it was a Kohen, of course the child would be a Halal because it's a result of a Isser act of sex. So in this case, the child is Kasher or Kshera. It only passes down through the man. Okay? It only passes down through the man, not through the woman. Now, by Linda, yes. you conceptualize the word, that, that right-hand column. Yeah. Not the one that's Isurebia. Yeah. The status is a matter of blood, basically, is what we're talking about. Yeah, and like most things, it's, it's defined by the father. Right? Exactly. Yeah. All right, so, the Gemara says like this. Minani Mili, where do you get this from? Right, that's why a Kohen and an Almanah. So that's important, because that tells us that the descendant of a Kohen and a Kohen Gadol and a Almanah is a Halal. So the first thing we learn from that Pasuk, Lo Yichalel Zarob Be'amav, is that the descendant of Isurei Kuhuna is a Halal. Okay, get that? Halel Zarob. The child becomes a halal, becomes halal. Okay? Now, 
So, but we're going to apply that also to an act of just a descendant of a halal. The Isser of Tuma. But the same way the Isser of Tuma focuses on men. Here too, the halal status focuses on men. It passes down through the man. Okay? It's a little different, of course. The case by the Kohen and the Amana is a halal created through an interact of sex. But whatever, we're making the Gzei Roshava to tell me the emphasis on the man. The halal status passes if the man is the halal. Elamiato, Bito Shokon Godel Tishtari. If that's true, then apply it even in the case of Isser sex. If the Kohen Godel has sex with an Amana, let the daughter not be a halal. Because you're saying that it is, it is, uh, you know, it's only by the, it's only by the man. In that case, the Korean himself was okay. So, or we're, doing, or, or we're dealing with a daughter, not with a son. So, the Gemara sees. I know, it's a funny question. Anyway, I'm sorry, I said it wrong though. The question is, if it focuses on the man, then it should never apply to a daughter. The daughter should never be a halala. So the Lord says, no, Mixiv Beno Zaroxiv. It says child. So, meaning we're saying two things. It's only a problem if the father, okay, it's only a problem if, if they, the, 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 it passes down through the man. That, okay, so that's the, the, the emphasis on the man is the connection to, you know, tumor, right? So this is man. The same way it's only a man by, by tumor. That's what we learn out from tumor. That, it's, that the, the status passes through the father. But, if, but maybe you would say, oh, but then it only goes to boys. Maybe it never goes to girls because of the emphasis on men. So the status never passes to girls. So then we say, no, no, no. The word zar'o, the lo yichalel zar'o, means that whether his child is a boy or a girl, the status will pass down. Okay? So the one who gets the status can be a boy or a girl. That's the zar'o. But the one who gives the status can only be a man that we learn out from Tum'ah the, the father has to be the halal and then it'll pass to the father or the daughter what does it mean the is going to be mister mister to whom meaning won't be a halala She's to another Kohen okay okay so the Gemara says Niksiv b'no zaroksiv v'lo yichalel zaro b'yamav so the Gemara says bat b'no tishtari so how do you know that it passes down two generations the same way it's going to stop at the girl, right, remember, because the girl won't pass down her halala status, maybe it should stop at the boy. Maybe it won't go down a second generation. Okay? So the Gemara says, Bat history. See, Yichalel Zaro. His Zara. Zaro is the father's Zara. So, Makish Zaro Lo. So the sort of possessive here means the Zara is like the father. Okay? Mahu Bitopsula, Afbino Bitopsula. So the same way when the father passes down his halal status, if the son gets the halal status from the father, he's like the father and he continues to pass it down. So the Gemara says, Okay, so Zaro includes the daughter. So let the daughter get the halal status and pass it down. So the Gemara says, No, in King they were shoving my honey Then why didn't we emphasize that it has to start with a man? Okay, so we emphasize, so it tells me, on the one hand, the primary um, uh, carrier is the man, okay? It only starts when the man is the halal. That's what the Gzeir Shava tells me, when the man is the halal. The Zaro tells me that it passes down to son or daughter. But with the emphasis on man, it only continues to pass down through men. Once it hits a, 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 a girl, 
right? Women do not pass it down. She gets it, but doesn't pass it she down. Get, only men pass it down. So the man passes it down, continues to pass it down, gets to the girl, and the, the girl is the one that becomes a problem to marry a Kohen, but she doesn't pass it. The men pass it, everybody gets it. Okay? That's what we learned from the Pasuk. Let's move on. Now, we're repeating ourselves. When the halal marries, if the, if the man is the halal, it passes down. So the Gemara says, You already said this, right? You said, So the Gemara says, Yes, but once we gave the flip case of Yisrael, we taught the parallel language of halal Yisrael. Of course, it doesn't really answer the question. Just get rid of the first line of the Mishnah then and have a parallel, right? The second and third lines of the Mishnah are parallel to one another, right? You, everybody get that? You could have just had line two and three of the Mishnah. You didn't need line one. Anyway, maybe line one added the word Olam. Now, Masnisin, now we're going to say what Michael said. Masnisin, the Lokrib Dosi Bar Ben Yehuda. Our Mishnah is not like a, a teaching we had earlier in the name of Rev Dostai Ben Yehuda. The tiny Rev Dostai Ben Yehuda Omer. The same way <coughs> the men are, the men are a, a it's such a funny imagery, because obviously he's just leading into the female imagery. The imagery doesn't work with the man. The same way a man is a mikvah to purify the chalalot, right? You don't think of sort of the sex and the child that emerges as the man being the mikvah. But okay, the same way the man is a mikvah to, pur- to purify the chalalot, because the child, if the man is okay, even if the woman is a chalalot, the child is okay. So that he purifies her in that sense. Okay, kach, benot yisrael mikvah tarah The same is true in the reverse. If the male halal has sex with a woman, she becomes the mikvah and purifies the child. Here you understand, the child is growing in her womb, right? It's that sense of that, you know, that environment that's purifying and the child emerges. The mikvah imagery makes a lot more sense. She purifies her husband, the halal, and the child is okay. So basically, it's, an, it's a poetic way of saying it doesn't matter if the father's a halal or the mother's a halal, the child is okay, as long as one of them is not a halal. One of them has to purify the other. Okay, so if the man is, the, is a non-halal, the child's okay, and if the woman is a non-halal, the child is okay. If they're both halalim, then the status passes on. Even through okay. another generation of a daughter. Right? Exactly. So we don't okay, we're presumably not. Okay, uh, I would have to check. Okay. Um, my time is Reb Dosai. What's the reason of Reb Dosai, Reb Yehuda? Amar Kra Lo Yechalel Zaro Be'Amav. Okay, he shall not be mechalel, you know, uh, his his child in his nation. Ba'am Echad Hu Demechil. Only if it's within one genre of people. If it's a halal and a halala, that's Be'Amav in his nation. B'Shnei Amamim. If it's two genres of people, one is a halal and the other is not a halal, ain't a mechel. Then the status of halal does not pass down to the child. Okay. Tanu Rabbanan. The lo yichalel zaro. Ein yichalel zaro. He atzma minayin. Ah. How do you know that a woman who has sex with a halal, that, that, that she becomes a halala? Now that is not a halal like this, the, the descendant of a Yisrael, okay? Because this is like, the fact that a Yisrael is a, you know, is a, is a halal, I mean, if it were a Yisrael, it would not matter. It's that the Kohen, that the, uh, uh, right, wait, wait. Sort of like he infects her, now she can't, uh, Yeah, but hold on one second, let me just check something. Hold on, I just want to check something, make sure I'm saying this right. 
pull up my Rambam here. Now it's not working, Kota. Yeah, there are books. There are books? Should I get a book? Okay, hold on. Yeah, so, okay, so no, no, no. So we are not passing here, uh, right, I'm sorry. We are not talking here about transferring if the Kohen is a Kalal. What we are talking here is about the, not any of this, which is the transfer status, which is not the simple sense of the Psukim. The simple sense of the Psukim is a Kohen and Amana. It says, what is, what's the Pasuk says? By a Kohen Gadol? It says, um, Okay, so the pasuk by calling that was Amana Grusha Halala Zona Et Ela Lo Yikach, right? Et Elu Et Ela, yes. Et Ela Lo Yikach, Raikim Mizuvah Be'Amad Yikachisha. The Lo Yichalel Zaro Be'Amav. Okay, Zaro Be'Amav. So this is the basic pasuk that tells us. A Kohen, a male Kohen who has sex with one of the women that is a sword to a Kohen, the child is a halal. That's the classic halal in the Psukim, okay? Not this passing on of a status, but it's the product of that Isser act of sex. And now what Argumar is asking is, how do you know that in this case of an Isser act of sex, the woman will also get the halal status? Now, most of you should be asking, who cares? Because if it's already usher, because she's already in Agrusha Kalala Zona, what difference does it make that now she becomes usher again as a halala, okay? But she can't marry a Kohen. She 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 already can't marry a Kohen. What difference does it make that? Her child, though. Her child is not, is okay. I mean, and she's no, already but dead. if she was so, an Almana... Almana would be the yeah. one case it would matter. Yeah. A Kohen Gadol has sex with Almana, and now she becomes a Halala and also usher to a Kohen. Right. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, okay. so... Kohen Gadol Right. Okay, so let's take a look. Uh, okay. Um, you know, now, he asks... Okay. Tell him about He asks Mami Now you know she becomes a Halala. Amarta Kavachomer. Mazaro Shalo Avar Vera Mitchalel. The child who didn't do a sin, he becomes a Halal. He is Avravera. She did a sin. Okay? Aino Din Shemitchaleles. How much more so should that stigma attach to her? Sigmar says, no. Hulatmo Yokiach Savar Vera Vain Mitchalel. Let the Kohen himself prove it. The Kohen can do this act of sex, forbidden act of sex, and he's not, becomes a Halal. So, maybe it doesn't apply to the parents at all, like her mom's there. Both parents do the forbidden act, and it only applies to the child. One minute. No, 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 no. The Kohen status, once a Kohen is born as a kosher Kohen, he can be born as a Halal and not have Kedushas Kuna. But once he's born as a kosher Kohen, we, he can never lose his status, right? As opposed to all those stories of the Kohen who gives a million dollars or whatever. So, no, that's the opposite. He gives it to become a Kohen, I think. Anyway, however it works. A Kohen can't lose his status once he's born as a Kohen. So, we know that a woman can get a status that makes her forbidden to a Kohen 
right? A status like an Amana or a Grusha or a Zona. A woman could be born with an, an okay status and then something happens that makes her forbidden to a Kohen. So a woman's halachic status can change. So it makes sense to, so you can't say, oh, since he doesn't become usher through this act, she doesn't become usher. No, we know that women's status changes and she will become usher. And if her child is usher, she's usher. So says, that's one proof. And if you don't like that, if you don't, I'll give you another proof. On our crowd, the verse says, Okay, so yichalel means, the drush of Rashi says is, that the word halal means something started okay and was defiled. So the child never started okay. So the, so the emphasis of the word halal pushes us to say it applies to the woman as well, who started okay and then became defiled through the act. This is no okay. it could be I understand. Yeah. Why do you need that extra pasuk? Why not make that the kavachomer from the child? No, you have a question. It's true, on the one hand, the child didn't do a sin, but the child is a product of sin. So since the child is a product of sin and was created, and from his very beginning, right? Therefore, maybe he's a halal and the woman is not. So halal means to become defiled means you started okay, so it must refer to the woman. Okay. Tell the Rebbeinan, we got to move a little. So who's a halala? So we just said it's a woman who's engaged in this forbidden act. But the other person who's a halala is a woman, because if that were true, it was only the child of of a forbidden act, the only woman who would be relevant would be a halala, would be an almana, which would be crazy. We're having all this halach for an almana, but no. Since any of these children is a halal, okay, so then if he's a kohen, he's a halal, and therefore he's not good as a kohen, okay, he's no kedushat kuna. This person can go into a cemetery and do, you know, etc., etc. So can marry whoever he wants to marry. And if it's a girl, she's a halala and she can't marry a kohei. Okay? Okay? And they also can't eat truma at all from their father. What? They can't eat truma from the father. Okay, so what are the, what are the scenarios that you have a halal? Okay? A, it is the woman engaged in the forbidden act, but that's only really relevant for the almana. B, the real scenario is the shot children of the forbidden act. That could be a halal or a halala. And then can they pass that then on to later generations? That's this discussion. Okay, based on whether it's the man or the woman. All right? So that's who becomes a halal. So now the Gemara says like this. Uh, okay. Uh, where are we? Anybody born from the from people that are pasul, my sulim, even what sulim low women that he the kohen should not have had sex with, meaning what we just said, okay, kohen whatever he had sex with a woman he couldn't have sex with. But the gemara is going to say, but I've already said people that are usher specifically to a kohen, but we we're going to now circle in on that. We haven't said that yet. We've got the people that are, are forbidden to him. Well, forbidden to him. There are a lot of people that are forbidden that are not uniquely forbidden to him as a Kohen. What about a man who, who uh, divorced a woman, she married another man, and then she got divorced from that, and then he's taking back his first wife. That's forbidden. The psula love, but it's not unique to a Kohen. But we know the children are kosher by, in that case. How do we know that? This is a toeva. He toeva. He, the woman, is forbidden. The aim everything, but it doesn't pass down to the children. So you see, a halal is not just the product of any forbidden act of sex that the Kohen does. 
He would not be a chaloa. Because it's really what we're going to get to is what I've been telling you. It's an act that's forbidden specifically to Kohanim. So Women that are specifically also to Kohanim. So the kids would be Kohanim. In yes, correct. Yep. Somebody born from a woman who is pasul to a Kohen. One minute. You're telling me only a child, not if there's no child? Hooray! What about the woman herself? What we just got through saying. She becomes a chalala through the act. What's the chalala that's mentioned in the Pasuk, right? Because the Pasuk is So what's the case in the Pasuk, explicit in the Pasuk, where the child becomes a chalal? That never started as kosher, was born as a chalal. Okay, anybody that's a child of a forbidden act with a Kohen. A woman's forbidden to a Kohen. My Muskaret, It's the basic shot of the Pasuk. The ancient of the Faraj Medivay so free and it doesn't require rabbinic interpretation. Okay, anybody born that's the Pasuk. Don't take these women. And if you do, the child will become a halal. So the p- simple shot of the pasuk is women that are specifically asur to kohanim. The children of those unions become halalim. So there are three scenarios: children of unions forbidden to kohanim, the woman herself was engaged in the act, and then once you have a halal or halala, does it continue to pass down into the generations? That was that earlier discussion. It passes through the man, not through the woman. So Gushan yeah. is only another man's divorced wife, and not if he divorces his own wife. If he's a kohen master, would that be worse? Oh, that's an that's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, that's an interesting question. Is Masri Grusha? Is she also a Grusha from that halacha? From this Gemara, you know, it's so funny that didn't occur to me. You're right. He, why isn't she just a Grusha? Uh, from this Gemara, it seems clearly not. Um, let me take a look. But maybe it's just a halacha that Banak Sherim, but maybe it's still the Isser. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's still over on the Isser of Grusha. It's just a special exception to the halacha of Baneha. Hold on. There's that halacha. Zion. No, I have to look it up. I mean, the, where the Rambam brings it down, he's bringing it down just by Yisrael of Machzir Grusha. So, you know what? I'm going to look it up. That's a really good question. But let's move on. Okay, Tanur Rabbanan. Okay, Amana. Amana, Amana, Amana. If a woman is a three times widow, and the coin has sex with her, he only gets one set of lashes. Okay? Grusha, Grusha, Grusha. She's a three time divorcee. He only transgressed once. Now let's say a woman is all of these. She first she became a widow, then a divorcee, then a chalala, then a zona. So if could say there, if she got these statuses in that order, then he transgresses with every act of sex all four sins. But let's say it was in the reverse order or any any other order. He only gets one set of lashes. Okay, so this will be fun. Let's figure this out. 
Amana, 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 Inu Chayvelacha, the three times widow. Hai Amana, Hechidami. What is, in what way is she a three times widow? Ilema Shaba, or that he had sex with an Amana, who's three Amanos, we'll see. Ilema Shaba, Al Amanat, Ruvein, Valmanat, Shimon, Valmanat, Levi. He had sex with three different women. Each one was a, was a widow of a different man. Am I Inu Chayvelacha? Why doesn't he get one set of, one transgression, one set of lashes? Hare Gufi Mukhlakim, they're different bodies. And different names doesn't really mean different names. I mean, they're all amana. But the point is, is that Ratosa says that's superfluous. But the point is, it's obviously three different acts of sin, and therefore three different punishments. Ella, Shaba al amana achat, shlosh biot. Maybe he had sex with one woman three times. Okay? So, hey, Now, do you consider that one act, one extended act, or three different acts? So there, there's ways halachically we determine what, how to look at that. Idolo Asube, if they didn't give him warning except once before he began the whole, you know, these acts. Of course it's only one set of lashes because it's looked at one extended act. So between each act they gave him a separate set of, a separate, separate warning. That too. Why would it only be one? That would define it as three acts. So that's not, we turn to the Mishnah. Nazir Shaya Shota Yain Kola Yom Kulo. was drinking wine the whole day. Is this one Aveira or multiple Aveiras? It's one long Aveira of drinking wine. Amulo, Atishta, Atishta. If before every sip they said, don't drink, don't drink, who showed and he drank, that defines it as separate acts. So anyway, where do you have is that this idea of multiple amanot only one? Right? So the Gemara says it comes to the case where it's quite obvious, right? But the Gemara had fun getting there. Well, Tzricha Shaba Al Amanat Ruvain Shaita Amanat Shimon Shaita Amanat Levi, a woman who is one woman who is the widow of three men. Okay. So you should be so, marrying her anyway, according to. All right. Mal detema, good point. Mal detema re muchlakim. Okay, it's different statuses achieved with a different. Man, a kamash milan, goofy muchlakim, but in a note, it's only if it was a separate, a different person. If it's the same person and one act of sex, even if she's an almana three times over, it's only one ister that the per, that the kohen is over is with having sex with an almana, or that she's over. What? what meaning different statuses. Meaning it's true. It's all the status of Amana, but right. it's the status that she got from three different people. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's the same, the same status, and it's the same person and and one act. Now, Okay. High time Now we want to understand why you can have if you have four statuses, but it has to be in a particular order. You can get four sets of lashes. Right? That makes sense. Something can be usher four times over. Right? You can sort of take. Um, you know, let's say you take for different ways. You know, somebody could be I don't know. A, a person could be a man's sister and a married woman and a nida. Okay. Something could be nivela and you make a cheeseburger out of it. You also have buster bachala. Right? Something can have multiple statuses, and even though it's one physical act, you get multiple lashes, you do multiple averas. But the Gemara is saying, but then why would the order matter in which this woman became these statuses? So let's take a look. So hi Tana Maikasava, what does this what opinion does this Tana hold? Ikasavar Isarkalo Isur, one status can be layered on top of another status. So Ipchanami, so the opposite order should also work. The Igazavar Anis or Khali, so you cannot layer one forbidden status on top of another. Asilu Kisator Azenamiva, why does this order make it work? So Amarava, Haitana Isakalis or Lesley. He does not normally hold in his normal position is an Isra cannot be layered on top of another Isra. But Isr most if Islay, it can be when the next Isr 
broadens the scope and goes beyond the scope of the first oh, Isur. And now we'll understand why the order matters. Let's work through it. Almana, a woman who starts as a widow, Asur the Kohen Gadol, she can't, she's forbidden to a Kohen Gadol, but Shari the Kohen Hedja. Right. Havile Grusha, now she becomes a divorcee. Nigudi Tosef la Isur the Gavi Kohen Hedja. He Tosef la Isur the Gavi Kohen Gadol. Since now the scope would broaden, it would apply to a normal Kohen. So even if a Kohen Gadol were to have sex with her now, he would have the double status. Because once it's a broader scope, it is able to be layered on top of the previous one. Now, even as a Grusha, a woman who was divorced from a Kohen, if she was a Bat Kohen, she could go back and eat Truma. But if now she became a Halala, okay, how would a Grusha become a Halala? Now we understand, by the way, the importance of why the forbidden act of sex can make her a Halala. Yes, a Grusha is already forbidden to a Kohen. But if now this Grusha has sex with a Kohen, she becomes a Halala, which means it defiles her Kahuna status if she's a Bat Kohen and she can't eat Truma. Okay? So as to be Asher to Kohen, she was already Asher as a Grusha. But to be a Halala, if she was a Bat Kohen, as defiled, she can't eat Truma. And that's why it's a broader status. How do you a Halala? Since it's now added that she can't eat Truma, he tells if he's sure the God Kohen Gadol. So even the Kohen Gadol, where she started by being Asher Zeramana, she's also now Asher as a Grusha, because that's broader vis-a-vis other Kohenim. And she's also Asher as a Halala, because that also makes her Asher to eat Truma. Elazona, but now let's say she becomes a zona. We haven't even defined what a zona is, but it's basically a forbidden act of sex with a man that's not about specifically about Isser to a Kohen. Another type of forbidden act of sex. Okay, so what? How does that broaden her Isser? She's already fully Isser to Kohanim. So Elazona, my Isser Mosif Ispa. So Amar Avchana Bar Katina, Hov Shem's Nus Posel Israel. Because there's another type of Nus that makes a woman forbidden to Israel. What is that? If a woman commits adultery, if a woman commits adultery, she's forbidden to her husband. That's considered an act of znus. So therefore, although her particular status of zona does not make her usher to anybody else, conceptually, that's a broader status, and therefore that can be layered on top of the previous one. That's not normally what we say Yisr Mosif is, but anyway, that's how we're explaining this Mishnah. So if you do it specifically in this order, each stage broadens the scope, and you can have all the Isurim. You can get three then. You get Grusha, Zona, Grusha, and Halal Zona. You can get three sets of Malkos then. Four, if it started with no, Halal. No, no, no. If you do it the other way, you don't get any. But I mean, you, you get, get one. one. But you can still get three. Why? If you just, if you became Amana last, you have Grusha, Oh, you can write. You can do some of it different and still get some ordering. That's correct. Okay. Let's read one more line. So the Gemara says, um, okay. Tani Tana Kamei Rav Sheshes. You know what? Actually, we will stop here because it's 8.30. Okay. Yes.